how we need to pray that it'll be known that Jesus is in the house. The light of the Lord is in the place. It's a place where you, you really taste the great things of God. Now, we can come very far short of that if we don't look for the Lord and realize that all of our communion with God is based in union with Christ. That's one of the great doctrines of the Bible. Our communion with the Lord is based in our union with Him. Let me ask you, I want you to be honest with me. Do you find church life empty? Have you lost focus? Have you got to the point where it's just no benefit, no blessing? The purpose of the lamp was to cast its light. And if you can imagine it, up against one of those gold walls, reflecting the light back through itself over to the showbread table and to the altar of incense. The purpose of the lamp was to shine beauty and glory on the other aspect of worship. That's what the Lord Jesus does for us. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and it is a privilege to minister the Lord's Word to you today. And day by day, Monday to Friday, we're on this station at this time to bring you the message of the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We invite you to worship with us day by day on radio and, of course, to come along to our church services. At the close of the program, we'll be giving you all the details of CDs, magazines, and our church ministry here at our church, as well as on radio. Today our message is on the showbread table in the tabernacle. This showbread was used by the priests right in the holy place to display fellowship with God, and as these twelve loaves were led out, they intimated the personal fellowship that man has with God. The Lord Jesus, who is the bread of life, he is the one that leads us into this personal fellowship. To know the Lord is to know fellowship with God. Without him, we can never have fellowship with the living God. And so I trust that you'll stay tuned and that the Lord will minister to your heart as from our church today. We come to the table of showbread from the book of Exodus. Firstly, we come into our opening hymn. May it be an item of praise that will encourage your own heart.
tonight in prayer. Our Father, we thank Thee for this communion table and the command to come to feast upon our Lord Jesus, to remember His body and His precious blood, to get our eyes on our Redeemer and our Savior. And we pray today that as we would handle the bread and cup, that we truly would consider the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. We thank Thee individually that our Lord Jesus hath borne the cross for us, having been beaten and suffered, bled and died. We thank Thee that our Lord Jesus is our sacrifice for sin. We pray today that Thou wilt open our eyes to these glorious things, thrill our hearts. O Lord, lead us into the heavenlies today. We would see our Lord Jesus. We ask this in His name. Amen. Amen. Well, as I said, our interest today is in this showbread table. And this is all about going a little deeper into our devotional life. And uh, we're pressing right into the tent, into this tabernacle. We started outside at the wide gate. We came to the altar, the brazen altar with the smoke, the fire of the sacrifice. We came to the laver where the priest was the defilement of the world. And then we entered right in and enjoyed the light of the candlestick, that menorah that threw light against the gold wall upon everything that was for beauty and for glory in worship. In that light, we see two other large uh, items of furniture. One is the table of incense, where the priest burned the sweet perfumes in the presence of God. And then the other table is called this table of showbread. On it were twelve loaves, and they were topped with a snowy frosting of frankincense. And every Sabbath, these twelve loaves were replaced, and the priests, they enjoyed the food of those loaves. Now, it's called a showbread table because it's a display table. There are two theories of uh, how the loaves were displayed. Some were stacked in two sixes, others that they were in two rows of six, but the, the top of each loaf was exposed, and the frankincense was, was poured on top, and all was highly visible. You'll notice in our authorized version that the word show is it's, it's written S-H-E-W. Don't get put off by that. Modern writers would, would write S-H-O-W, mean exactly the same thing. But it's a display table. Not very large. It's two cubits uh, broad, one cubit wide and about a cubit and a half high, tabletop height, and uh, it was meant to display this bread. The word show uh, is a very interesting one. This is, uh, it means face. In the Hebrew, it can be in the plural, but it's always translated in singular. It's one of those unique terms. But, and so if you can think of the 12 loaves as 12 faces looking up, and the faces of the priests looking down upon these loaves. 
And then more importantly, you have the face of God witnessing, looking on, depicted by the cherubim uh, that were in the very ceiling covering, looking down upon this showbread or display case table, revealing this bread. And so it is to get our eyes on this very bread. As we uh, recited this morning, the Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And we have every reason to believe and to interpret that this bread on this showbread, this display case table, was to depict and to remind all eyes looking on of the light of the life, the death, the righteousness of our Lord Jesus. And just as those priests spent seven days a week, uh, the bread was changed once a week on the Sabbath, and the eyes of the priests were upon that bread, the Christian is likewise to keep their eyes upon the Lord Jesus and his righteousness. Now, that's not easy. We're living in a world of awful distractions. And everything that you own is probably a distraction to you to keep your eyes upon the Lord and his righteousness. Your television, your DVDs, your computer games, the news items, the media, the newspaper, whatever other books or journals you read, uh, whatever business you have to transact, whatever you have to do as chores in your life, they all take your eyes off the person and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus. And so as a Christian pilgrim in this world, it's not easy to get your eyes on the Lord. It's true also that the Lord has designed this communion table for this reason. And as often as we may, we set our communion table. We conduct this communion feast. And we use these two symbols that the Lord has given to us, bread and wine. And by the way, on the showbread table, there was also bread and wine. There were flagons or, or bowls of wine. Uh, we'll get to that a little later. Now, I have to be very careful here in my interpretation because I don't want you to think that we got our communion table from the showbread table directly. Our Lord Jesus instituted this table as a change from the Passover which was the focus was on the Passover lamb. And of course, we have the death of Christ depicted there. And so there are shades of difference, but there are parallels. And what the Old Testament priest in the tabernacle was to do was to keep his eyes on that white bread, to think upon his Savior. We are to do. And this communion table helps us. These are visible signs to enable us to hold communion. Now, communion is only meaningful if we've got our eyes on the same object, if we're interested in the same thing or person. And so what this table does, it takes all our eyes, your eyes and your eyes and my eyes, and we're all looking at the same thing. We are commonly united in our interest in this bread, which represents the body of our Lord Jesus, interested in this cup, which brings our focus, our attention to the same object, the blood, the death 
of our Lord Jesus. Now, this is a display of our Savior. It's a display of his beauty. It's a display of his grace to us. And what a wonderful thing that the Lord has given us this communion table, that we may just forget and get away from all the thousands of other things that fill our hearts and minds. And for this little while this morning, on the Lord's Day morning, in God's house with our fellow believers, just look unto Jesus, considering him, feasting our eyes, which should lead to feasting our hearts and our souls in a spiritual manner upon the Lord Jesus. Because remember today, in the New Testament, every Christian is a priest. Every Christian's inside now. Every Christian enjoys the light of the candlestick of the Lord, and everyone is to look upon this table, this this bread that ministers to us of that perfect, righteous life and the accomplishments of our Lord Jesus for us. Someone has described this tabernacle as object lessons. This is the kindergarten of the Bible. These things are no more how we do it. We don't have a tabernacle. We don't have these items of furniture. We don't do it this way. But they are recorded for us that that they may be held up as as object lessons to guide and and, and strengthen our faith, that we may get a, a sight and get a grasp, something to hold on to in our thinking, pondering the righteousness of the Lord Jesus. You see, we're not Quakers. When Quakers conduct their meetings, they just go into a meeting and they sit silent. And in the silence, probably would read the Bible and and, and read over verses silently and quietly. But in their silence, there's the tendency to be distracted. We're not called to be silent. I'm called to expound the book. I'm called to read the scriptures and to cause you to understand the sense. What does this mean? How does this help me to live a Christian life? And so we come to the communion, this showbread table, and it's all about fellowship with the Lord. If you want a fellowship with someone, what do you say? Hey, let's go for a cup of coffee. And then, of course, you get tempted into the donuts as well, and you end up uh, drinking and eating. Or maybe you bring someone along home, and you say, let's have dinner together. Let's, Let's enjoy our company. And this fellowship is around the food. The Lord, likewise, has ordained this as our fellowship. This is about fellowship. The tabernacle was about fellowship. God meeting with men. And here, this is how their thoughts were guided. This is how they interacted with the Lord. Now, this showbread table itself, we just think about the furniture of the table. This is a display of the believer's fellowship with the Lord. We read here in these verses, firstly, about its materials. It's made up of two materials. One is shittim wood and overlaid with gold, the two materials in this table. And, of course, it was meant made of wood to keep it light, and it was overlaid with gold uh, to make it to be part of this house of gold. Everything inside that tabernacle that was of furniture was made or overlaid with gold. It was a house of gold, and it speaks of the glory 
of the very heavens and the fellowship with God. And of course, it speaks of our Lord Jesus. He had two natures. He is God and man. The Shittim wood would lead us to think on his human nature, the gold of his divine nature. And our Lord Jesus came, uh, took upon him this human nature. And there is in him this glory. And as you read in John, that we beheld his glory as the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. And so this is meant to us. We're also given the dimensions. It's two cubits by one by one and a half, sort of countertop height. And the only addition I'll say, it was exactly the same height as the Ark of the Covenant. When he went in through the veil, that's inside the Holy of Holies, this Ark of the Covenant that covered the law, this table was exactly the same height, tabletop height. And uh, uh, therein is displayed for us this fellowship with God. And there's a way back to God. Also, it's location. Now, if you uh, turn with me to chapter 40 and verse 22, uh, you'll notice exactly where this was located. Um, Exodus 40 and verse 22. And he put the table in the tent of the congregation upon the side of the tabernacle northward. Northward. So as you have gone in through the, the opening of the veil, it would have been on the right-hand side because the tabernacle was facing east. So as they went in, it was on the right-hand side. Of the tabernacle, northward, without the veil. This is the inner court called the holy place, but then there was a veil that led further into the holy of holies, where was the Shekinah glory. So this was in the holy place. Verse 23, And he set the bread in order upon it before the Lord. I want you to notice that. The position, but also it was before the Lord. This is not just for the priests to look at. It was for the Lord to see and the Lord to behold. And if you go back to chapter 25, 30, the last verse we read in our passage on this, it says, And thou shalt set upon the table showbread before me always. Before me. God wanted to see this bread. God wanted to see this bread. God's interest was in this bread. God's interest was in this display. And he was interested in seeing what these priests and how they were enjoying fellowship with God. I want to take from that a very precious truth to us this morning. Let me tell you, God is interested in this table that we have spread here. He says, if you look at the front of the table as the text, this do in remembrance of me. God wants this table spread. God wants to come and meet with his people. God wants to see the emblems of his son. God wants to see that bread and that cup. He wants to see that our eyes are upon his son. Very important. And in the very location, he says, before me. And here we are in the sanctuary of God. Here we are in the place where we invite Jesus into the midst. 
And he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And how wonderful to know that God is interested in this table. This is not just horizontal worship here today. This is not just something to do in the eyes of your brother and sister looking on. This is the Lord's table, and his eyes are upon it. And it reveals his interest and our interest in the Lord Jesus. Something else, you'll see its location or its continuation. Verse 30, before me always, always. From the day that Moses designed and erected the tabernacle, it's always night and day, seven days a week. This table was to be replenished, refurbished. It was to be, the loaves were to be replaced. And every Sabbath, the priest did that. It was to be continual. Our worship is not to be some sporadic thing. It's not something that's to be uh, one day a week or one day a month or one day a year. And the Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that believeth in me shall never hunger. There's continual, continual food, continual feasting, and satisfaction in the bread of the Lord Jesus. Now, believer, this is where the battle of the Christian life really takes place. The devil comes along and the world comes along and shows you some other attraction and want to fill your heart and mind with vanity, worldliness. Young people, boys and girls, new Christians, older Christians, the devil and the world wants to get your eyes and attraction attracted to something else. But the Lord Jesus says, he that believeth in me shall never hunger. He wants us to keep looking at him. Now, are you doing that? That's the challenge. That's the battle of the Christian life. That's where temptation enters, enters in. And the way to overcome this temptation is to keep your eyes on the Lord. You've heard it many times, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You've heard about that pole they put up in the wilderness. And when they looked to the pole, the poison of the serpents was destroyed. They were delivered from the serpents. They were delivered from temptation. And my friend, the way to victory in your life is to be in fellowship with the Lord and get your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. And I know that's a battle. I know it. It's a battle for me. It's a battle for you. It's a battle in a gospel church. The temptation comes as a preacher. Preach something that will really tickle the ears of the people. But the Lord says, preach me. Preach Christ and him crucified. Get the eyes of the people on the Lord. What Paul the Apostle did in Galatians is he placarded the, the Lord before the eyes of the Galatians. That's what the preacher's to do. And this is what God has called us to do at this very communion table here today. So it's a display of our fellowship. And it's a command, it's an ordinance, it's an invitation to get our eyes on Him. Be thou exalted, 
forever and ever, God of eternity, the ancient of days, wondrous in majesty, so mighty in wisdom, perfect in holiness and worthy of praise. Be thou exalted by seraphs and angels. Be thou exalted with harp and with song. Saints in their anthems of rapture adore the glory forever. Amen. Be thou exalted, O Son of the Highest, gracious Redeemer, our Savior and King, one with the Father, co-equal in glory, here at thy footstool our homage we bring. Be thou exalted, O Spirit eternal, well in our hearts, keep us holy within. Feed us each day with thy heavenly manna, healer of wounded hearts, thy praises we sing. Be thou exalted. By seraphs and angels, be thou exalted with harp and with song. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor dot cloverdealfpc at gmail.com Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdale 
fpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.